Good morning and welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths and on behalf of the team I'd like to say, hey, I'm glad you're here. Um, Today is October 10th, 2021. For those listening on the podcast, I'm I'm grateful you're listening too as well. Um, I got a couple announcements for us. One of them is probably pretty uh, obvious if you went through the Fellowship Hall You'll see there's popcorn and all kinds of stuff. There's like a party going on in there even before church. So uh, after the service, we have the, the Boy Scouts, the Cub Scouts, the Sea Scouts. They're selling popcorn and Seas candy. And so you can do some of your Christmas shopping right now, right after worship service, you know, order some popcorn. And also women's ministry, they're doing their jars you know, if it's soup in a jar. Remember last week? That soup is delicious, by the way. I wonder, that chef must be amazing. Uh, my wife made that soup. I'm crazy. It's not her recipe. Um, why do you keep saying stuff? Because oh, it makes it bit so I have to say stuff. Okay. We got also, uh, hurricane hit Haiti. Yeah? Um, all kinds of still recovery uh, from hurricane hitting in the storms somewhere in the south. Do you remember in the south somewhere? Where was that? Louisiana? And Alabama. Um, for the month of October, there are these, we recycled these uh, envelopes that we had in the, and it's just going to go to Presbyterian, Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. Uh, agency, PDA, Public Displays of Affection also. Have you ever heard that? Anyway, that's how I remember it. I helped PDA for a couple years, right, when I was working in Texas, and it's an amazing organization. And I've been to Haiti and worked with PDA. They're a good, good group of folk that realize you need to help people in need before you give them any words about Jesus. Um, yeah, so envelopes can be found in the back, put in the offering plate. It'll go straight to PDA, straight to helping those folk in need. Um, taking a deep breath for myself. We're in Romans, and there's no place I'd rather be. Studying and meeting with you. Somebody's calling. Two large pizzas and a Coke, please. No, I'm just messing. Um, as quiet our hearts to still us down. And remember why we're here. Some of us is to receive some healing. Some of us is to give thanks to Jesus. Some of us is just to be around people. Would you please stand as I call us to worship using Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2 from the Passion Translation. Lord, you have always been our eternal home, our hiding place from generation to generation. Long before you gave birth to the earth and before the mountains were born, you have been. From everlasting to everlasting, the one 
and only true God. Let's worship the Lord, the one true God, by singing of his amazing grace. Yes, if the children would like to come up today, um, they can, but I'm not going to make them because I'm just going to be speaking on Trunk or Treat this morning, which is all about our children here. (laughs) Um, It's one of my favorite times of year, uh, besides this little one's birthday, who's also in October, um, is our Trunk or Treat event, and this year we get to have it here on campus um, and invite our community. Yes. So we are excited for that, and I am still looking for more trunks. 
so that is what I am here today, um, is trying to push that encouragement and involvement. So if you would like to decorate a trunk, please see me after church today. Again, it's really easy, simple to do. Pop up your trunk, throw in some Halloween decor, call it whatever you want, pumpkin patch, Dodgers, Giants, go Giants. Um, <laughs> you know. I don't know what the popular opinion is, but we're, we're Giants fans. Um, whatever it is, uh, if you have if garage sale stuff, just throw it in there and call it an antique shop. Whatever it can be, it can. It, we're just going to throw a bucket of candy in there, and the kids are going to stop by. Um, so the, the details of your trunk really doesn't need to be anything crazy. Um, so if you would like to help support that, see me. Um, we have about 12 trunks signed up right now. I'd like to see maybe 20, um, and I think we can do it. So... Also, for the adults who don't want to do the trunks, we have a chili cook-off. This is where you guys get to play in the kitchen, um, come up with recipes. It can be canned. Nobody will know because you throw it in a crock pot. You could say it's homemade. Um, or you can just spice it up and add your own ingredients on top of the canned food. And again, nobody's going to know. And how funny would it be if your canned chili won? Um, so again, we are taking signups for that if that's something you are interested in doing. Um, we offer tickets and people go by and they get to do a tasting of your chili. They put in the ticket and vote for your chili. Can chili can win, it's possible. Um, so if you'd like to enter the chili contest, I'm also taking signups for that as well. Last but not least, we need candy. Kids are coming by. Um, we are not asking those who are decorating trunks to supply their own candy. So we are taking donations for that. If you, um, throughout this next couple weeks, if you're out in the store, grab a bag of candy. Um, we will have a bin out here in the narthex, and we're going to start collecting that next Sunday. Individually wrapped um, chocolates are usually the favorite. You can also do little goodies, too. Um, if you are an oriental trader company type of shopper, if you want to just get little spider rings, those can be in a trunk as well, or we can use them for prizes at the games. So taking those donations. And then, speaking of games, we will have games at Trunk or Treat, and we need game attendance. So if you're willing to participate some of your, or volunteer some of your time, because um, you can't do a trunk and you don't want to cook and make chili, um, you get to kind of just facilitate a game. And we will take as little of time as yours as you can provide or as long. If you're willing to be there the whole event, which is from 3 to 5 p.m. on October 30th, we will take that. But if you only got 30 minutes that day, we will take 30 minutes as well. So if you are able to volunteer for that, see me after church. Um, at this time, all children and youth are dismissed to Sunday school. Thank you. Scripture reminds us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yet, we are justified by the gift of God's grace through the redemption that is ours in Jesus Christ. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sin. O Lord our God, you call us to proclaim the gospel but we remain silent in the presence of evil. You call us to be reconciled to you and one another, but we are content to live in separation. You call us to seek the good of all, but we fail to resist the powers of oppression. You call us to fight persecution and injustice, 
but we sit idly by, endangering the lives of people far and near. Forgive us, O Lord. Reconcile us to you by the power of your Spirit, and give us the courage and strength to be reconciled to others. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Our righteousness is found in Christ alone, a gift of God by faith. Beloved people of God, believe the good news. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen.
So teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness.
worship right there. We're in Romans, and I want to just remind everybody before I start uh, preaching here that Paul wrote Romans to the people of Rome. He hadn't been to Rome yet, and he opens with um, my beloved, like it's a love letter. He's writing this to the church in Rome, and it's a summary of the Christian gospel. And as I was preparing um, for this sermon, I was realizing I'm a Presbyterian pastor. Have you you been outside the name on the church? It's Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. But I would say I'm more of a, just a Christian, you know, a follower of Jesus more than I'm a Reformed pastor. So I think sometimes you guys are gypped on some of the Reformed messages. Um, Just honestly, between me and you, you know. You kind of you got a guy that's really Christocentric, but not really uber Presbyterian. So I, I feel kind of my duty to to make note that Romans is the ref, reformed theolo, uh, like theologian textbook. It's not only um, where the reformed denomination gets the words that they say; it's actually. How they say it comes from the book of Romans, comes from this letter. The, the letter starts with magnifying the Heavenly Father, right? 
And it's like an opening hymn. It's got that general revelation. Like, if you don't see that God made this place, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> kind of, a, you know, Paul. And then he, it moves to what um, Sharon quoted. She quoted Romans as she was introducing us to our prayer of confession. Every Sunday we confess we're a mess, right? I preached that a couple weeks ago. We're a mess. You know, we're still down here in the muck and the mire, and it's still confusing, and it's still painful, and we still mess up. We both commit sin, and we forget to do things that we're supposed to be doing. And then it moves to assurance of pardon, right? How many of you on Sunday morning, that's what you walk away with? Of those words that Sharon or Amy shares and says, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Right? Every Sunday we say that in some way or shape or form. That comes from this book. And right now we're in the, the section of the letter to Romans, to, to the Roman church, of that assurance of our forgiveness, assurance that we are a chosen people by God and we have faith in the grace of God through Jesus Christ and so all of our sins are forgiven. And then he spends the rest of the, the letter swimming around in that assurance and also dissecting what it means and applying it to different questions in life. And then ultimately he ends the letter the same way we end our service. Go out and share this. Right? Okay, everybody with me? It's a little, yeah, a little verbose in the beginning, but I just, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay off in a second because you're going to know the context. Um, also, I wanted to say, we're doing a new members class on the 23rd, not the 24th. It's a Saturday. It's a misprint on the, in the bulletin. It's on the 23rd. And this is how I start that new members class. So if you're here today, remind me, and we can skip over. <laughs> right? This is a fast pass. You go to Disneyland, you get the fast pass. Maybe hang on to your bulletin. No, that's a dumb idea. Okay, just remind me, because that's how I usually start new members classes. I close your eyes and picture this is this church. What makes it Presbyterian? What makes it Reformed? And if you say anything back to me that I just said, A plus and a gold star, and Mike will give you a mouth miata. He won't. Um, let's go to Scripture. What about that? We're in Romans chapter 6, and I'm going to read 14 verses. Hang on to your hats and glasses. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can you, we who died to sin go on, go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present, present, no longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as to those who have been brought from death to life. And present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you. Since you are are not under law, but under grace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to... You should... A little more emphasis this morning, right? This is the word of the Lord. Right? This is... It's good news, right? Uh, do you, um, anybody watch TV? Perfect. Anybody watch like uh, detective shows? Right? You got, you got Monk back in the day. Actually, back in the day, you got Columbo. Anybody Columbo? Right? What was his, what was his technique? He would always ask the stupid, he would always like play dumb. Well, uh, what were you thinking about? You know, I can't do a Peter, whatever that guy's name was. Uh, Peter Falk, there it is. What's the, what's the greatest of all time? Detective. Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes right? Why is Watson there? Sidekick. Sidekick? No. Yes and no. Someone to raise the questions. Someone to bring out. It's elementary, my dear Watson. You know, like, he is to play the dumb guy that asks the simple questions that bring out the truth, Right? Paul has this type of conversation, but there's no Watson in the room. It's just him. And one commentator just called him his, his imaginary dialogue partner. At the beginning of the text, this imaginary dialogue partner brings up, you remember that story of the prodigal son? Everybody remember when Jesus taught on that? What if at the end of it, the son who had come home you know, gotten hugs from dad and gotten the feast. What if after a couple years, he's like, I'm kind of bored with this again. Maybe I should go out and party so I could get that same feeling, right? That grace is what it's all about, right? It's, really, it's a really fulfilling feeling, you know? Maybe I should take off and spend dad's money again. <laughs> and then come back and see if he throws me another party, right? 
It's, it's a, it's a, how many of you honestly have asked that question? Right? Why don't we just hang out in grace, right? Why don't we keep screwing up so we know we're loved, right? What's Paul's response? By no means. My translation has an exclamation point. Absolutely not. You're not understanding what's going on here. You're not understanding a couple key things. You're not understanding your identity. And he goes into baptism. You're not understanding grace. He brings up baptism, right? This is where we, we learn that once baptized, always baptized. This is the text we pull that out of. This is uh, where we die with Christ. We go underneath the water for all those immersion baptisms. We go under, underneath the water and we die with Christ. And then we rise again. We're a new creation, right? It's beautiful imagery. And it's out of this place of, why don't we just keep on sinning? He answers, absolutely not. And he teaches some theology. And he teaches some deep truths. But they're extremely practical truths also. Um, and then, I, I, on the outside out there, there's a sign. It says, uh, what does it say? What's the name of the sermon? Let grace dominate. Right? Let grace dominate. Boy, there's so many giggling at that. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's all over this thing. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Let grace dominate. How do we let grace dominate? I think this is a serious issue. I think this is a serious problem with the church. I think this is a serious problem individually. I keep judging everybody. I keep walking into churches and feel judged. I think churches are filled with people that are the least gracious I've ever met. Right? We huddle together and we become grumpy. What's that about? How We're missing something. How do we live out this grace? How do we let grace dominate and not judge one another and not judge ourselves so harshly? How? And there's some good stuff in this text. One is, remember your identity. The word in verse 5 where we are in Christ it's Greek, because it's written in Greek. But, symphtoi. What does that sound like? Symphtoi. It sounds like symphony, right? It's a musical and it's a gardening. It's when you graft things and they grow together. We're in Christ. We're like notes coming together. We're like vines coming together, planted, and you're grafted in, and you grow together in Christ. We're in Christ. And this is all in the context. Why would you want to keep sinning? Because you're not understanding. No, no. When Jesus made you his own You are grafted into him. And that's something you can't undo. 
You can't be kind of pregnant, right? <laughs> you can't be unbaptized. You can't be forged with Christ and be undone with that. There's, there's no undoing it. You're talking nonsense when you say, why wouldn't I go back to experience sin? Because now you're a free person. Why would you want to shackle yourself to a wall? Why would you want to shackle yourself to a master that's doomed to death and destruction? Everybody serves somebody. And if you are in Christ, you serve Christ. And you grow in Christ in a grace direction. Martin Luther, he would he actually, in his, this is just straight up tips. I'm going to give you a couple tips on how, how, do we, how do we let grace dominate in our lives? How do we have grace? Where, how do we become under the dominion of grace rather than under the, dominion, under the dominion of our sin and our death and our world? Martin Luther would scream. You know, when he felt tempted, he was a boisterous dude. Anybody read anything about Luther? That guy, he did everything full tilt. He, you know, 90 miles an hour, that kind of thing. But if he felt tempted, he would just scream out, Baptizatus sum! Baptizatus sum! That's a tip, right? When you're walking around mall, how about that? You go to Pacific City or you're going to Fashion Island, you see, you know, something that tempts you. Oh, I want that. Baptism of some. I want to hear up. I'm serious. I'm going to follow some of you around. Start screaming it. What does it mean? I have been baptized. I've been buried. I'm no longer my own. Carl Bart. Anybody know who Carl Bart is? He was the theologian right around World War II time, German. He actually wrote the Barman. He was instrumental in what, like a Barman creed. Um, he also, he wrote so much, it's crazy. Anyway, Malia said, next time you quote Bart, tell people who Bart is. Does everybody know who Bart is? Look it up on your phone. <laughs> Bart was a man, and he's written so much amazing stuff. Listen to this. It, you see his, uh, his, his passion against sin. Listen to this. Your baptism is nothing less than grace clutching you by the throat. A graceful throttling by which your sin is submerged in order that ye may remain under grace. How is that for a word picture of Christianity? How is that for a word picture to insert the next time you're battling a temptation or battling negative self-talk or battling the insults that are coming at you? Picture grace as a human being. Picture grace with the, as that human being holding your throat and holding you underwater until you realize, no, you don't get it. Your sin is dead. It's gone. It's drowned. When you come out of this water, you better know that you're under grace. Otherwise, you should stay under. Right? Sorry to yell at everybody. Hey, who is, who's been... Uh, 
at a baptismal service where somebody says, can you hold me down a little longer? (laughs) I I honestly have had that happen two or three times, baptizing people. Can you hold me down a little under? Because I I feel a little dirtier than most. It's funny, but it isn't. Right? We have such a hard time to understand. Why would God love us? Susan White there's sometimes I love it when I hear your British accent, and sometimes you're supposed to be quiet. It's a hypothetical. Like you're just supposed to. <laughs> it is because he made us. Amen. Check. But I want to. Yeah, I love you, Susan White. Okay, we're going to keep going. Baptismus, some remember that dead is dead. In, your, in Christ, your sin is dead. I remember a, another tip I learned. I was, I was, I was at AB Free Fullerton, and I forget the, guy, the pastor's name. His name was, I think it was Kramer. Was there a guy named Kramer? Anyway, he always did the, like the welcome and announcements, and he was like a deep, deep well. And I remember he was, he was sharing to the college group right after Chuck left. And Chuck had been scheduled to share to the college group, but um, this Kramer guy shows up, and he's sitting on a stool, and he just shares... Um, we have a hard time realizing that we're free from our sin and our identity is often goes back into our sin and all that jazz. What I do on a regular basis is I look in the mirror beginning of the day and I say, God loves me. And I say it three times. First time I say it, I say, God, the maker of heaven and earth, the Alpha and the Omega, the being that set the stars in the sky. That God loves me. He, not, he just doesn't tolerate me. He doesn't just like me. He loves me. He adores me. He wants to spend time with me. God loves me. I not only love Steve, not only loves Tim, not only loves Jim, not only loves Malia, Mike, Sandy, he loves Jason Warren Griffiths. He loves me. That's, fi- that's, that's been used in Jason Griffiths' life probably more, more often than not to remind me that grace dominates me. How else? How else can we let grace dominate in this place? And that, that I give, gave away a little bit of the answer right here. This place, these people. Remember we learned over this COVID time, where's the church? Point at yourself. Yeah, the people are the church. This building isn't the church, right? We're the church. How do we let grace dominate? And that's, a, that's an easier question. That, that's actually a more empowering question. The people struggling with recovery get this, right? That's why they have sponsors. That's why they go to meetings. They let everybody know it's going to take us in order to defeat this, right? 
It's going to take us in order to dominate, have, have grace dominate in our lives and be under the dominion of grace. I have a therapist friend, and I used to go therapy or whatever, this guy, Jim. And sometimes I'd be negative self-talking. I'd be just telling, like, what's wrong with me and stuff. And he would always say, um, don't talk about my friend that way. I know, Jason, don't talk about my friend that way. We should share that with one another, right? Don't, don't, don't you let, don't you talk about my friend Pachi that way. Don't you, don't you talk about my friend Steve that way. Holding each other accountable to the truth that if you are in Christ, you are no longer under the power of sin and death, but under the power of grace. Also, remind each other of our baptizedness. It's been a long time since the church has gotten used to giving testimonies. I should know everyone's testimony in this room. Right? We need to be sharing our testimonies with each other more. Right? We need to be swimming in the dominion of grace. And by that, we're just celebrating that day when we realized we used to be trapped to this. Now we are trapped to Jesus the Christ and we're on the glory train whether we want to be on it or not. I guess my applications have all been right there, right? I'll just repeat them. How do we let grace dominate in our lives? Remember, we've been baptized. Remember, God loves you. Remember, grace drowned what a, what a word picture. Grace drowned your trapped-to-sin-death person. And let's hold each other up. Let's encourage one another. Let's be that, that, that church that we were designed to be and made to be. Encouraging one another. Not walking and just waiting for each other to fail, but instead, don't let, don't let me hear those bad words about my friend out of your mouth again. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that as we live out these words and this call that Paul has laid before us this morning. That by your spirit, we'd be who you've made us to be. Holding each other up, encouraging one another, reminding each other 
that we live dominated by your grace. And all God's people said, let's worship the Lord saying, singing, his name is wonderful. kind of ashamed but I'm kind of discouraged by each of you have you seen the size of me did you see the heat in this place rise nobody had turned the air conditioning on <laughs> that's your that's your reprimand for this morning uh, as we continue in worship I'm gonna cool down yeah grace sorry I just preached about giving you guys grace but I was, I was okay okay deep breath Thank you, Stacey, for reminding me. Okay, I love you. I, okay. Um, as I cool down through the rest of the service, uh, we continue in worship, and we give back to God just a portion of what he's so richly blessed us with. Amen? If you're at home listening on the podcast, you send your tithes and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, or PCC, at P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here, um, there's offering plates in the back. And there's also envelopes in the back for Presbyterian disaster assistance. This morning's offerings and tithes are now received.
may be seated. In Acts 17, Luke records, God intended that we would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Let us take our prayers and petitions to the one true God who is right here with us. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, in whom we live and breathe and have our very being, hear our prayers. Thank you, Father, that you are always with us. Thank you that you have promised not to forsake us. Shine your face upon us, O Lord. Direct us and guide us. Mold us and make us more and more and more into your image. O God, we thank you for the mild weather and the rain earlier this week. Wow, what a spectacular show you displayed with the thunder and lightning on Monday night. We pray for more rain and an end to the current drought. Show each of us how we can do our part in continuing to conserve this precious resource. Lord, our hearts break, as yours does, for the current refugee crisis. There seems to be no end to the calamities that are causing Haitians, South Americans, and others to flock to our southern border for help and asylum. I confess that I don't know what the answers are to this complex issue. Father, but I trust that you do. In the meantime, we pray for each person who feels that they have no other choice but to undertake the arduous and sometimes deadly journey to get to the United States. Protect and provide for each one and give wisdom to our lawmakers. Lord of all creation, we pray for protection for our neighbors, wildlife, and the local ecosystem affected by the recent oil spill. Thank you for the Coast Guard and others that work tirelessly to clean the spill and to help the wildlife that were affected. We pray, too, for the business owners who have been adversely impacted. Provide for their needs, we pray. Father, we thank you for the community of believers that you've knit together in this corner of your infinite kingdom. We pray for those sitting to our right, for those sitting to our left, for those in front of us and behind us, and for those in our brethren who could not come to church today. You know each one of us by name. And we pray for you to meet each one of us exactly where we are today. May your grace and your mercy pour over us like a healing balm. We lift up Patty Ernest and pray for your hand of healing as she begins chemotherapy. Give her strength and stamina. Give wisdom to her doctors. 
We pray, too, for Keith Coslin and ask for your hand of healing on his life. Meet his every need and give wisdom to his doctors. May he feel your very presence with him and know that you hold him in the very palm of your hand. We pray for Pastor Jason and Pastor Sharon and ask for your blessing on each and on their families. We pause for a moment to lift up those near to us in need of a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit today. And we continue praying as you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please rise for our closing hymn today. I will sing of my Redeemer. Amen.
That reminds me of another application, one more application. You could sing that song, right? Sealed my pardon. I received this morning's benediction, and just a reminder, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, Sea Scouts are going to be selling popcorn and Seas candy, jars from women's ministry, and also, uh, some of you probably say I'm burying the lead, there's donuts. <laughs> and uh, some of the Boy Scout kids have to have some service hours, so you don't even have to pick up your own donut. They're going to hand you a donut. I wonder if, if you just open your mouth. Never mind. <laughs> Receive this morning's benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May it be so. Amen.